are listening to a sermon from the pulpit of Redeemer Church, a PCA congregation in Hudson, Ohio. For more information, visit us at RedeemerOhio.org. This evening we are looking in 1 Peter chapter 5, continuing our trek through this great book. So we are coming to the end, just a few more sermons. We are in chapter 5, verses 8 and 9 this evening. This wonderful book written to elect exiles, to Christians who know that they are strangers and aliens in the world, reminding them of where their hope is. They are citizens of heaven. They're looking forward to the return of Christ. But yet, as they are here on this earth, how do they live in a way that glorifies God? How do they honor Him and their relationships and the way that they live and conduct themselves? Paul is, or Peter is giving them great encouragement and hope and practical instruction. We see these, these final instructions today that we're looking at as we are seeing Satan tempting Christians to abandon the faith and Peter's exhorting us to stand firm. So let's now read God's word this evening from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Hear the word of the Lord. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Amen. I think we all remember March of 2020 when the news of some strange virus has come to America and then it came to Ohio, things were quickly locked down. School was shut down and kids were doing school from home on the computer. Many people couldn't go to their jobs. They were told to stay home. We knew not much about this coronavirus. And our society as a whole became very watchful, very concerned about where this disease might spread. We were told to practice social distancing, a, word I, a term I'd never heard prior to then. Because everybody was a possible carrier, so we needed to stay six feet away. We were told to practice uh, cleanliness and use hand sanitizer at every moment we can, because everything we touch was a possible carrier. And later we were told that masking was important, because the air was a possible carrier. Everywhere we looked, the coronavirus might be there. We were concerned, we were very watchful, and, and indeed, we, we still are. All of us are familiar with quarantine protocols, what you can do if you're vaccinated or if you're not vaccinated. But what if I was to tell you that there's a far greater enemy than any communicable virus or disease? We have been incredibly watchful this last year and a half. But would you be watchful if I told you there was something far more dangerous, Peter here tells us that there is and that we ought to be watchful. Because the devil seeks to devour you, stand firm in the faith. We'll have two headings this evening. The devil prowls and second, be watchful. The devil prowls first. 
Peter tells us. He's going through this list of exhortations, and we come to this this grouping of exhortations all uh, revolving around the same idea, and he tells us that we have a mortal enemy. We have somebody out to get us. He calls him an adversary. And when you wake up in the morning, what do you think needs to be accomplished that day? Well, I think we often have our checklists of things we need to do at the house, things we need to do with the kids, things we need to do at work. Uh, We have all kinds of different tasks and, and things we're concerned about making sure are accomplished. I think probably for most of us, what doesn't go through our head is we need to be watchful for Satan. But this is an important task because there's somebody out in the world who is trying to set a snare and to lead Christians astray. We have an adversary, one who is set against us. And so as we go through our lives doing our our various tasks that we have on our to-do list, we need to understand we don't do them on a neutral playing field in this world. But we have Satan himself who is hell-bent against us. Peter says he prowls. He's an adversary who prowls around. He is plotting. He is looking for an opening, looking for a weakling who he can take advantage of. He's looking for every opportunity to lead us into temptation and sin. And the ends of Satan are devouring us. He is seeking someone to devour He is seeking someone to kill. This is a lethal attack he wants to blow. He he wants to devour us. How does Satan devour us? Well, he thinks he can by tempting us into sin. He's tempting us. He is the great tempter. He is trying to show us, he's trying to show us sin is alluring. Sin is beautiful and he's trying to bring us into sin and away from our Savior, Jesus Christ. We see in Job, Pastor Wright's preaching through, see in Job 1 and 2, we see this Satan very alive and active. God says to Satan, from where have you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth, from walking up and down on it. This is Satan prowling, walking to and fro, looking up and down, going everywhere to find someone that he can devour. We have a mortal enemy. We need to remember this. We need to be watchful. So how does, what what are Satan's methods of temptation? How does he tempt the Christian? How does he seek to pull us from Christ? And if he could, even pull us from salvation. Well, there's one listed here, one mentioned in our passage in verse 9, where it says that he is trying to to use the, the, the persecution and the suffering to pull us away from Christ. Peter says, resist Satan, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. What's implied here is that there are sufferings that this church is going through, that all these Christians are going through. And Peter's saying, stand firm. This is not a unique trial that you're going through. All of the Christians are going through this trial and suffering. It would have been very easy for Christians in this context. Remember the, a context in the first century that was not a Christian culture, That was very hostile to Christianity. 
that said, because you won't bow down to the emperor, you are the outcast of society, it would be very easy for Christians to be tempted to compromise the truth just to be socially acceptable, just to be able to get into such and such guild, just to be able to have social connections, just to be allowed to participate in society. Peter says, no, you cannot compromise the truth. Satan is tempting you with social standing to give up on the truth. But can you imagine how easy it would be to say, I'm just going to change my position, even externally. I won't truly worship the emperor. I'll just, I'll just make a sacrifice to him. Knowing in my heart I'm not really worshiping him, but I'm going to do it externally only. Oh, these great temptations of the world around us that Satan uses to draw us from Christ. We can think also of the Garden of Eden, the first temptation and the first successful temptation of Adam and Eve. How did Satan come to them? He didn't come with horns and a pitchfork. He came as a serpent. He came in a sneaky manner. He came not saying outright untruths. He, not, he came not lying outright, not saying something crazy, but just so subtly twisting the truth. Did God really say, if you touch it, you'll die? He's twisting the truth ever so subtly. He doesn't present with an outright abominable lie, but he presents with a slight distortion of the truth. As we grow in our Christian life, as we understand how we have fallen to temptation, we can be on the lookout. We can understand better. We can grow in wisdom to understand these schemes of Satan. But there's many other resources from many Christians, wise and insightful. And I want to list a couple of resources for you to to encourage you to, to look at and to think about reading, to see these devices of Satan. One is C.S. Lewis. He wrote a book called The Screwtape Letters. You may be familiar with this. You maybe have read this. This is letters that a, a higher demon writes to a, a lower demon in the, in the ranking system and encouraging this lower de- demon how he can lead Christians astray. Of course, if you've read C.S. Lewis, you know how well he writes and how accessible and wonderful and how insightful he is into the human heart. Another book is John Owen of Temptation, The Nature and Power of It. It's a wonderful book that helps us see temptation for what it really is. And then Thomas Brooks, Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. You know that's a Puritan work. Precious Remedies Against Satan's Devices. He lists dozens of Satan's devices, temptations he uses to draw us away from our Savior. I just want to name a few of them. To whet your appetite. He says, one of Satan's devices is by presenting the bait and hiding the hook. Presenting the bait of sin without showing us how evil and terrible sin is. Makes sin sin look beautiful, attractive, alluring. But he doesn't show you the hook. He doesn't show that when you fall into sin, you are now ensnared by it. He doesn't show you how evil sin is. Satan also will, by persuading, he'll also tempt us by persuading the soul that repentance is easy and that therefore the soul need not scruple about sinning. Say, it's it's easy to repent. You can do this little sin. It's not a big deal. And you can repent and God will forgive you. You know that. Of course, repentance is not that easy. 
By the grace of God, we can repent. But to presume upon the grace of God in such a way is abominable. But we can understand we've fallen prey to these temptations, have we not? Satan is out there trying to make you fall. We must be careful and understand these methods. I do want to be careful because not every temptation is from Satan himself. In fact, probably most of the temptations that us in this room face are not from Satan himself. He is not omnipresent. He is not everywhere. He is only in one place at one time. And there are far more important people that he can busy himself with than us. But there are others with him. He does have an army of demons who can be at work. But we must not think that every temptation is even from Satan or his demons because our flesh itself is full of deceit. Our own heart is full of desires that will lead us away from Christ. We must be careful not to think that every time our washing machine breaks that there's some satanic uh, thing going on. But we do need to be watchful. Be careful. The devil prowls. He is looking for someone to devour. And so in light of this, what does Peter say? The devil prowls, therefore be watchful. Be watchful. Peter has a series of escalating commands, I think. He begins in verse 8 saying, be sober-minded. This is a a full-orb sobriety, a, a clear thinking. Know the truth. See deviations from the truth. Know what's going on behind the curtain. Be wise and insightful. Be rooted and grounded in truth. And as we do this, as we go through our lives, this grows into understanding and wisdom. I think this is something of of a defensive mechanism. As we see false truths, half truths, we see Satan twisting words and twisting the word of God, we can be alert and aware by being sober-minded. Peter says to be watchful as well in verse 8. Be watchful to look out for threats. Look out for footholds of Satan. Be watchful of temptations. Know your own weaknesses. Know where you are prone to fall and to sin. Know your own personality. Know where Satan has been successful in the past. Your own tendencies to sin. Be watchful of your own self, of the world around you. This is, I think, more of an offensive mechanism. Be on alert. Be ready. And then he says in verse 9 to resist. Resist. When temptation comes, do not let it overpower you. But know what is true and look to Christ. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he had his, some of his disciples follow him, and he asked them to watch and pray that they may not enter into temptation. Watch and pray that they may not enter into temptation. And that's essentially what Peter is saying here. Watch and pray that, that you would not be taken aside by temptation. There are many calls like this in Scripture to resist. Spiritual warfare is a real idea and theme in Scripture. We read from Ephesians earlier, take up the whole armor of God. But nowhere are we called to resist in our own strength. And this is the key, that that we don't resist temptation simply by white-knuckling it. We don't grow in sanctification simply by white-knuckling it. 
by pulling ourselves up by our own bootstraps. But we are called to resist with the whole armor of God. If you go through Ephesians, it's, it's wonderful how chapters 1, 2, and 3 are laying out all of the promises of God for his people. And then when it comes to chapter 6, kind of the exclamation point on the whole book, it's, it's summing up all of these promises of God, all that the gospel gives us. And it says, this is the armor of God. It's the gospel. It's the truth. It's the work of Jesus Christ as the Spirit applies it to you. So we're called to resist not in our own power, not in our own strength, but grounded in the gospel and the gifts of salvation that have been given to us by Christ. And so we resist temptation. We resist Satan himself based on our new identity and the Holy Spirit's ongoing work in our life. So this call to resist is a call to flee to Christ in the midst of temptation and trial. Turn to him to be our refuge. This call to be watchful, this reminder that the devil prowls, this ought not to be, this, not, this, this ought not lead you to despair. This ought not overwhelm you because we do have a great enemy, but we have an even greater savior. The Christian is ultimately and finally secure. We're reminded of Jesus' words in John 10. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hands. We know that ultimately no one can take us, not even Satan himself can snatch the people of God out of Christ's hand. But yet we are to watch because we can fall in tremendous ways, but not fall ultimately and finally. And we know from Revelation 20 that the dragon, the devil and Satan has been bound and his end is sure. By Christ's victory on the cross, it was not simply um, uh, forgiveness of sins that happened on the cross, but Christ was victorious over Satan and all of his underlings. And his end is sure. Even though for a time he's been given limited ability to continue to, to roam the earth and to tempt us. Even though he now for a time seeks to make ref, wreckage of your life, his end is sure. And we can be confident, belonging to Christ, that he can never tear us from Christ's hand. Peter is concerned for every soul that he's writing to. He is concerned for every soul who read, it, read this, and he wrote this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, concerned for your soul, even this evening, that you would see the enemy. Every one of our souls is in danger due to the prowling of Satan. No, not ultimately for those who are in Christ. But if we knew just how great of a danger we are in, we would be watchful. But Peter here is also concerned about the well-being of the church. He knows that in the church, if one falls away, if one falls into this grave sin, what does that do for the rest of the church? It's demoralizing. It's harmful. It can lead others astray. So for the sake of the church, resist. Our sin affects the whole body. Small corruptions break in and lead to bigger breakdowns concerned with our souls, he's concerned with the church, and he's concerned with the glory of Christ. 
Oh, we ought not to be led into sin. For the glory of Christ, we want to live lives that honor him. And so as Peter calls us, as new creations, as those purchased by Jesus Christ, the devil prowls, but be watchful. And in the power of the gospel, let us resist Satan and stand firm in the truth. Amen. Let us look to the Lord in prayer. Our gracious Father, we come knowing that we are too weak in and of ourselves to resist any temptation, whether from the world or from the flesh or from the devil. But we pray that your spirit would equip and enable us to do that, to resist, to be watchful, to be on guard, to be sober-minded, to know what is, to tr- what is true, and to pursue after you. We need you. We need your spirit to help us. Oh Lord, may we hear these things and be on alert. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. For more information or to connect with us, visit us at RedeemerOhio.org.